Five o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In five, four, three, two, one. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. So coming up when they have the Super Bowl in Tampa and they let about 20,000 people in, halftime's going to roll around and who's going to perform? This guy. The weekend. Everybody loves the weekend. Everybody loves the weekend. We're all working for the weekend. Welcome in, everybody. Masters going on. Boy, looks gorgeous down in Augusta now. They had about a two-hour, 45-minute, I think it was 247 on the weather delay this morning. But Augusta National looks looks as good, if not better, than it does in the spring. It's gorgeous. Uh, P-Man here with you. We got Ben Byram producing today's effort. Hey, Ben. Hey, Ben. <laughs> uh, and uh, intern Philip, the ref, Philip Pilkington, in the house. You know him from uh, the postgame show. No quarter postgame show. Tomorrow, a delightful day of coverage. We're actually going to start at 3. So as soon as the Adam Gold show is over, we're going to uh, hit the ground running tomorrow. PJ show morphing into the no quarter postgame show. Or excuse me, the uh, Pirate Game Day Countdown, which will morph into coverage of the game, which will morph into the no-quarter post-game show. So I guess that all kind of just runs together, right? It's a mega show. It is. Super show. Be, be safe out there, folks, uh, with all this rain. It's, it's been some deaths already. Uh, very bad over in the Wilson Rocky Mount area. So uh, just take it easy out there. Uh, great to have you with us here. Yeah, the weekend will be the halftime entertainment at the Super Bowl. Uh, ben, fair or foul? I like it. I mean, I, I me and Philip are talking about it, and I guess I didn't realize it, but the weekend has a lot of songs that I like, and I never yeah. really consider myself like a big fan or anything. Yeah. But he's got some bangers, so. My wife likes uh, his music quite a bit. Uh, Philip, fair or foul, the weekend? Yeah, I like it. I mean, I'm not a huge, huge fan, but it, there definitely could be worse. Is there a more upbeat number than this one? Listen to me calling it a number. Oh, you don't like this song? This is like one of his big ones. I mean, this is okay, but I mean, I just... Here, we'll, me, get, you we'll bring, get one for you. You got to bring the energy at halftime of the Super Bowl, right? Uh, to me, you do. Hey, uh, this is the uh, anniversary weekend of the uh, Marshall uh, disaster flying back from a game against ECU in Greenville. Our good friend Keith Morehouse whose dad was the radio announcer for Marshall who perished in the uh, the plane crash along with the other uh, people in the travel party in the 75 that included members of the football team, coaching staff, et cetera. Uh, WITN is going to air the documentary that Keith spent a lot of time working on. Keith was down here in Greenville interviewing former Pirate players or Pirate football alumni who were actually part of that uh, team that played against Marshall. Uh, and uh, a, a Change of Seasons, 50 Novembers Ago, is the name of the documentary. We've got it up on our social media. Uh, we've retweeted it, but we've screen grabbed it and put it on Facebook. Uh, WITN is going to air it Saturday at 7 o'clock on MeTV, 7.2. So 
So let me let me be clear on that again. On the Me TV channel in Eastern Carolina, it'll air at seven o'clock Saturday night, and then Sunday at one uh, on WITN. So one to two thirty Sunday, seven to eight thirty on on Saturday. I, I am very excited to check that out. I I know Keith's busy with that. Keith is going to he said uh, send us kind of a, a link to the digital version, and we're going to. Uh, uh, perhaps get that on some of our social media. Also, uh, I'm sure we'll make that available to Henry and Trent. I'm sure they'll put it on the WTIB and talk social media. Such an important weekend. Uh, Masters going on in Augusta, as we mentioned, a two-hour and 47-minute delay. Paul Casey is your leader at 7-under, finished runner-up in the PGA. Uh, I guess today Raleigh's claiming him, so Raleigh's Webb Simpson is tied with Xander Shoffley. For uh, second place, two shots behind both are five under. Tiger is with the group that includes Patrick Reed. So the last two Masters winners are four under. And I believe five are tied right now uh, for third place, three shots off of what Paul Casey uh, has done. Uh, Chip Patterson coming up today. Uh, We're going to get Chip at about quarter past. College football writer uh, also covers hoops and golf for uh, CBSSports.com at Chip underscore Patterson on Twitter. CBS uh, sports.com and also uh, cover three podcasts. We'll talk a lot of college football with him. Uh, more games um, or no more games. I should say have been canceled. I watched a little bit of Maction last night. Did you guys uh, see the end of what was it? The, was it the Western Michigan game? I did that. That kind of went viral on social media there for a little bit. So it was a deal where they got it down and they faked it like they were going to you know, grounded or, or spiked the ball to stop the clock. And they threw it and hit a guy in the end zone for the win. And the, the ESPN announcer was talking about, the analyst was talking about uh, whistle blowing. But you blow the whistle, Philip, correct me, because since you're the ref, every time you spot the ball or the official spots the ball, then there's a whistle, right? Yeah, there's a whistle to whistle in the play, meaning that you are allowed to snap the ball. You can't do it right. prior to that whistle. And I think the analyst got confused and thought the whistle was blown kind of before that might've been a mechanism of that handheld whistle and a delay with that, but going back and watching it, uh, I, you know, I, it, obviously the play stood and I think ESPN mistweeted the situation saying that a, a feel a, a point after would have tied it up. It would have brought them to within three with a chance to tie. So they had to go for the touchdown there. They couldn't have just kicked a field goal. The first time I saw that guys that I can remember, uh, it was uh, a game in New York. It was the Dolphins and the Jets. And you ought to Google this or look it up on YouTube. Dan I'm Marino. sure it's on there. Dan Marino comes down and acts like he's going to clock the football. Instead, throws it, hits a guy in the end zone. Such a I cool play. Steelers did the same thing a couple years ago. I believe you were correct, Ben. However, when Marino did it, there was actually somebody trying to defend the play. He actually had to drop a dime in order for it to work. Unlike last I've night, been, the guy was wide open. Yeah, the guy was totally wide open. I think you're right about that too, Philip. Look at this. We got the smartest crew in all of We're all professionals, of all right? We're professionals. Yeah, all of Greenville Sports. Yeah, you guys are. You guys are. Uh, so uh, we've got our coverage beginning tomorrow. As we mentioned at 3 o'clock, Patrick Johnson show morphing into the Pirate Game Day countdown. Terrence Copper will join us uh, in studio during that. And uh, that'll be driven by. Get ready for the tagline I'm here, Ben. Driven by Doug Henry Automotive. Say it, Ben. I got my Doug Henry. How was that? That's, that was just my normal voice was, there. That was your normal voice, and it, I, you couldn't have said it any better. Awesome, awesome.
you could not have said it any better. We thank uh, Doug Henry Automotive. Thank uh, Doug Henry himself for his uh, support of that pregame show all year. It's been a lot of fun. A lot of people love the fact that Doug Henry has uh, sponsored that. So, uh, And then uh, network coverage begins at 6.30. Three and a half hours tomorrow, huh, Bib? I'm pumped. Yeah, I'm ready. Like I said, ECU is mm. going to lay the smackdown on the Bearcats. I'm calling it right now. They're going to shock the world tomorrow. Donnie K is going to shock the world with the, his play calling. The defense is going to be firing all cylinders. It's going to be it's going to be magnificent. It's going to be great. I feel good about the Pirate defense where it is now. I really do. Uh, I, I feel like Blake Harrell's done a really, really nice job. Uh, I tell you what, though. Uh, the kid who's the quarterback at Cincinnati and they can run the football, I mean, it's they're going to have their hands full. But, uh, I, you know, I do think the Pirates defensively and they've been good on the road but uh desmond ritter's a handful and desmond ritter can uh can hurt you with his arm and with his legs a guy that's getting yeah. national acclaim just not in the american yeah well he you know i always thought he and Derek king were very comparable yeah oh yeah they're very similar very very similar and i and i always thought that he kind of got short shrift because i mean Derek king and Derek king is proving how spectacular he is but I just, I always thought that Desmond Ritter was right there on the same level, at the same plane as De'Ara King. And I just, I don't think he always got a lot of the credit he maybe needed to get. Uh, so that'll be the key tomorrow. And, and boy, their defense is uh, something else. So uh, we will have a pirate report. Joe Dooley also spoke to the media today. I unfortunately uh, had some family obligations to attend to. And a few of you have uh, texted me and, uh, Everything's cool, but uh, I had to to miss out on that, and I feel badly. But uh, I had, like I say, I have some family obligations I had to attend to today, so uh, uh, had to do that. But uh, looking forward to hearing what Joe had to say. Haven't had a chance to really review it yet. The guys have cut it up and have come up with some pristine audio clips, so we're uh, ready to roll. Uh, Masters is on. It looks gorgeous in Augusta. We'll grab a quick break here. We'll come back. Chip Patterson will join us uh, in a few moments. And, oh, we got to do the Bojangles giveaway. Do you want to do that uh, now or do it before the Pirate Report? I say we do it going into the Pirate Report. Let's do it a little bit later. At the bottom of the hour. Yeah, a little bit Yeah, let's do that a little later. We will have the Bojangles giveaway today. Since we did miss that last week, uh, kind of a wonky week. I don't really know why we missed it. We just did. But uh, we'll have another Bojangles giveaway coming up. Uh, close to the bottom of the hour. So there you go. Uh, it is uh, the P-Man with you on this uh, Thursday. Pirate football tomorrow night under the Friday night lights. Masters going on this weekend. We'll certainly draw a lot of attention. And uh, we are looking forward to bringing you the blow-by-blow on that tomorrow during uh, our pregame and PJ show combo. So we'll get things uh, going in earnest. Chip Patterson in a few minutes here. Patrick Johnson show rolls on on this Thursday. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up. I can't wait. On your flagship home of Pirate Football, 94.3 The Game and 94.3thegame.com. Tweet at us. <gasps> at 943thegame. Oh, a friend. At P-Man on Air. It's not like a cult, is it? Sound off and tell us what's on your mind. 94.3 The Game and P-Man on Air on Twitter. This is the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game and 943thegame.com. Gotcha, Ben. No, I, I, I hear what you're playing now. Yeah, I got you. I like this. It's fine. 
Uh, you, uh, we got Chip Patterson. Yeah, we're good uh, with him. I always enjoy when we have Chip on, and I, he's just, he's so good on the air, uh, no matter what he's talking about. So it's great to welcome him back, and I appreciate him taking a few minutes with, especially with the Masters going on. It looks just gorgeous in the, at Augusta National now, doesn't it, Chip? It's just so beautiful right now. We got him? Hey, Chip. Hello, Chip. Hey, can you okay. hear me? Oh, there we go. Hello, hey. Chip. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Uh, was <laughs> that the first time that you had uh, listened to the weekend with him getting announced as the Super Bowl halftime? No, no. I, you know, my wife's a fan. I just, the song they picked to come in with today, I thought, eh. But it was I, Star yeah. Boy. It's, everybody loves Star Boy, I thought. Well, I just, I, I think Super Bowl halftime and i just think a little more energy i mean it was a fine song don't get it was a fine number chip it was a fine number don't get well, me wrong right and, and i think the song's called blinding lights that just bumped in with and that's off the more recent album so i would expect that that would get, be part of his you know everyone's gonna do a medley but i'll let that uh be for february for trying to figure out how many minutes over under the uh different songs will be no augusta now that that system is out of there it looks absolutely fantastic and the thing that's really interesting is some of these afternoon groups, they are just kicking themselves that they didn't get a chance to go and feast on that soft course uh, right after the play started. I think right. that you saw a lot of veterans that were just saying, okay, green light, you know, Paul Casey, attack mode, Tiger Woods, attack mode, um, you know, Lee Westwood, attack mode. It is definitely something where those who have been around Augusta recognize it's not going to play that easy the rest of the week. So they just had to go out and get the birdies while they could. And this, and after today, he's Raleigh's Webb Simpson. So, right? <laughs> That's Sports Channel 8, I got to give them credit on that. <laughs> their, their claim is that, um, yeah, Raleigh claims him when he does well, and Charlotte it gets him uh, when things don't go his way. Right. And when he shoots par, he's a Wake Forest alum. Sure. I mean, qualifier. he's, listen, He's he's an Arnold Arnold Palmer scholarship recipient. He has been uh, he's been tied to golf greatness and Wake Forest University ever since uh, you know here at Broughton High School. So you know it's yeah. always been there. Yeah, uh, he is a couple shots off. Uh, I wanted to talk some college football with you, but uh, I know you call you follow uh, college basketball as well for CBS. Uh, and then this Greg Marshall story, which CBSSports.com was among many uh, to report. Um, yesterday and, and we just we haven't had a chance to really delve into it too terribly much but i mean that's oh boy i mean you're, you're talking some some kind of bob knight level stuff there i can't I've, I've really had uh trouble wrapping my mind around those my mind around those allegations and trying yeah. to uh dive into it on any level other than well this is bad well he has to go and then understanding that it's just going to be a process in terms of uh, the investigation, letting the investigation play through, and then eventually you're going to end up parting ways. Wichita State's going to have a new coach. It won't be Greg Marshall. You know, just with college football and the Masters, uh, I just—it's almost like in my mind I fast forwarded to the ending months ago when the first reporting came out. I said, "Oh, yeah. well, Greg Marshall's gone." Then you come around, you're like, "Wait, how is Greg Marshall still the coach at Wichita State? They're preparing for the season. This is a little bit late in the process." My understanding is that. The reason the timing worked out the way it did is just because you've, you've got to follow uh, the process for contractual reasons just to make sure that you do the investigation and you have just cause. All those negotiations, I think, are very lawyered up, and that's why they take a little bit more time. 
but I think I fast-forwarded to the end result uh, a while ago when I first read the allegations because, as you mentioned, uh, they're very, very troubling. Yeah. Uh, Chip Patterson with us. Uh, Chip Patterson on Twitter is at Chip underscore Patterson, CBSSports.com, of course. The Cover 3 podcast uh, he does a lot of TV now, uh, and uh, their linear stuff as well. You see him all over that. Uh, so we've got a, several games, particularly in the, the Southeastern Conference, that have been postponed uh, this weekend. And, and I think as much as we all wanted football to be played and we're excited it's played, a weekend like this is not necessarily anything that wasn't expected. Right. Um, I think that it's disappointing for a couple reasons for the coaches. Number one, we've got this coming after Halloween and Sports Illustrated's reporting indicating that some of the quarantining that LSU had to do, which led to the postponement of Alabama LSU, just a, you know, a monumental game. I, don't, I know that LSU is not in the top 25 and Alabama was a favorite of more than 20 points, but that's still a big ball game to have to strike from the schedule. According to Sports Illustrated, some of those quarantines, contact tracing, positive tests are all stemming from a Halloween party. We've yeah. also got, as Nick Saban mentioned, uh, a lot of bye weeks, a lot of off weeks, and players getting to go home and spend time with their family. That's uh, you know creating more exposure that they then bring back to the locker room. And then number three, there are some teams and some players right now that are finding it really tough to go through uh, the protocol because the protocol is exhausting. It's mentally exhausting to follow all these rules. Um, I think that it's emotionally exhausting what they've been through with the start and stops and the adjustments of the season. And this is where I, I sort of even look to Florida State, where we're seeing a lot of just sort of an exodus. And that is a hurt locker room that is not in a good place. And they are finding it tough to have the motivation to be able to continue this season. And as I try to put myself in a player's shoes, I mean, to get something rammed up my nose three times a week, if not every single day, to be told I can I can do all of these things, but I can't do these other things. Uh, I can really understand on some levels why we might see some of these teams late in the season let it start to slip, and we might see this lead to more games getting canceled. Now, all that said, we have to be realistic about this and also compare our current status across the country and understand that college football is a specific subsection, but it's a specific enough subsection that if numbers are going up all around a university, it's kind of impossible for it not to impact the football team. Well, and, and everywhere you look, I mean, I was looking at some numbers in the state of Indiana, some numbers in the state of Kentucky today, uh, even in California as well. It's it's now younger people who are, who are getting uh, diagnosed with this, and they're on the higher end of it. And, you know, you could say, well, it's not as devastating for them, and, and certainly statistically it is not, but still – uh, it's, it's, you know, it's like a flu. It's like a, uh, any other kind of, of virus that would go through a locker room. I mean, it could really rip a locker room up and, yeah, and you know, and, and create, I, I you know, seeing, we're seeing also the, the fact that you can, you know, very, very quickly start to run up your numbers and in the big 10 where they don't have the contact tracing protocols, they have stricter shutdown policies. In the mm-hmm. ACC and other conferences, you do have the contact tracing protocols, and that can wipe out a position room because everyone's been within uh, six feet of each other for 15 minutes if you're an offensive lineman. So it's, yeah. it's yeah. It, you know, I, I really struggle with that one, Patrick, because when the talking point becomes trying to compare protocols from conference to conference, there are real-life implications because some games get canceled, some games don't. 
Some teams shut down for long periods of time. Players miss long periods of time while others don't. I understand that it has very real consequences, but man, it feels like we're missing uh, we're missing the problem if we're just sitting here and nitpicking over who like it's not. It seems like what speed limit should be in different counties, right? Right. You know, like it's almost like yeah. the, the Big Ten is a speed trap county. You know, they've got such strict <laughs> protocols in terms of uh, shutting down for practice. It's like the yeah. the Big Ten is you, you got to know which counties in North Carolina to slow down in because they'll get you with that fifty five to thirty five real quick. Yeah. Uh, we've got Chip Patterson with us. You, you mentioned Florida State and Mike Norvell. You know, we know him a little bit from his time at Memphis. He was wildly successful with that Tigers program and, and breathing a lot of new life into that. Uh, takes the Florida State job. Why hasn't that worked out? Well, he's still got time. I'm not. Uh, that was a, a hurt and broken locker room. You know, Jimbo Fisher, that last year was bad. Um, and the roster felt it. And so Willie Taggart inherited a locker room that, you know, had, had really suffered. Um, and then what did they go out and do? They had blown fourth quarter lead against Virginia, but blown fourth quarter lead against Boise state blown fourth quarter lead against Wake Forest. You know, then all of a sudden you start this year with that loss to Georgia tech. There, there's just, it is going to take some time to cycle that out. That's a yeah. lot of, uh, a lot of hurt and a lot of – and that hurt, when I say that, it's because you're falling short of expectations. You're at Florida State. They won a national championship as recently as 2013. To not be performing to a championship standard is just going to lead to some residual hurt in your own pride, but you're just going to feel it all around the community because you can't escape it. And it's just going to take some time, and it's going to take consistent winning to be able to cycle out uh, a lot of that hurt around that program. So I'm – I'm, I'm not necessarily um, – I'm not giving Mike Norvell a pass for anything that gotcha. happens this season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm, I didn't have high expectations either. Yeah. Uh, Chip Patterson with us, uh, CBSSports.com. I'm, I'm always thrilled whenever we get a chance to, to talk with Chip. So tomorrow night, ECU is at Cincinnati. They're number seven in the polls. There's teams jumping them. We have kind of seen this movie before if you followed the American. Uh, I think Cincinnati is uh, – it's a – kind of a tough spot for the Pirates to go in. They did not look good against uh, Tulane. I think Cincinnati's out to kind of prove some things now. I mean, they've been thumping people, but they haven't just lowered the hammer on anybody yet. I get there's some questions about their schedule, uh, and I get, uh, you know, that they're, you know, maybe kind of on that outside looking in because they're not quite as explosive, or at least they haven't been on offense because they want to run the ball, as UCF has been in, in, you know, recent times when they've, been in that New Year's Six situation. Could you see a scenario where Cincinnati is maybe able to get in to a college football playoff, or is that just is that not going to happen now? I'm not going to say it's not going to happen, but I, I do. I am a little bit cynical and pessimistic about just the um, the nature of the college football playoff selection committee and the sort of uh, elimination game that happens throughout the year where I think it would take multiple two-loss teams right there in the mix and an undefeated team from the American. I I would love to be proven wrong. It's just not – until I am wrong, I think I'm going to stick to that assumption, especially when we're being asked to make predictions and when we're being asked to, um, you know, be out here answering a question like that. I will say the thing I like about Cincinnati is it seems like they're peaking at a very good time. Every Mm -hmm. win – 
uh, seems to be a little bit more impressive than the last. They've been a solid defensive squad for, what, two years now? And now to see them start to gain some rhythm on offense, uh, I think that that is where if you're Cincinnati, you just do the only thing you can do, which is go out and win. I don't even think that style points are going to do anything for the Bearcats right now. Right, right. They they just need to be undefeated at the end of the season. So is it fair to, to take Clemson? Because it, it takes double overtime for Notre Dame to knock them off. It takes no Trevor Lawrence, you could argue very effectively, is the reason that Notre Dame wins that game. Is it fair to, that they are would kind of be considered, based on, I guess, the rankings, as a, as a top-four team right now? For sure. I came out of that game thinking that Clemson was the better team. Notre, Notre Dame won, but I, I kind of live in a world where when we compare football teams, I think that results matter and especially as we're splitting hairs and, and offering the rankings, results can matter. But I think that Clemson is the better football team. And, you know, I don't even think that – like, I think that D.J. Uyunga-Lale playing so well against Notre Dame only validates that this is a really, really, really good team right now. They've got depth. They were missing multiple defensive starters, and if Travis Etienne doesn't run out of bounds and falls down inbounds, they might win that game. And so I, I come out of it thinking – it was in South Bend. Ian Book played the best game of his college career. And if they play that game 10 times, I think Clemson wins at seven. But yeah. one of those three was last Saturday night. You know, uh, and and uh, I know you drill down on uh, a lot of uh, guys here, but, uh, you know, Cornell Powell played here in Greenville, and he was huge in that game. He started to put together some nice uh, performances for Clemson. Uh, and we haven't mentioned that this week with everything else going on, but Cornell's was really great in that game and was good against BC. Uh, Chip Patterson is, is with us, uh, here. What it all kind of shakes out, uh, what would you, who are, who are the handful of teams that legitimately can get into the playoff now in your mind? I want to see Clemson, Alabama, Ohio state, and send me a fourth. And I, I'm, I, I just, I really think I was in that place once Justin Fields came out and we got to see, uh, just how well and how efficiently he runs Ryan Day's offense. You know, we always know that they're going to have uh, a, a fantastic defensive line. I mean, I, I don't know why Ohio State defensive line coach Larry Johnson doesn't get mentioned more and more and more and more because the succession of elite talent that has not only been recruited but developed along that defensive line is absolutely bananas. Uh, Kerry Coombs on the back end with the defensive backs. They are just humming right now. And we've, I mean, Alabama doesn't need to prove it to anybody. Alabama's game got taken off the schedule. The SEC doesn't have any rules like the Big Ten does about how many games you have to play to make the conference championship game. Alabama mm-hmm. could not play again, make the SEC championship game, and as long as they beat Florida, then they're off to the college football playoff. That is, in the SEC, that's what matters. It's Alabama and it's Florida. Neither of them should lose again. Then when they play, the winner's in the SEC championship game. The only question is, what if that's Florida, and what does that mean for the rest of the country? But even if Florida's the fourth, I still think the three best teams in the country are Alabama, Ohio State, and Clemson. Yeah. Uh, Chip Patterson with us here. Uh, news out of Penn State today was uh, Journey Brown uh, retiring, essentially. James Franklin, uh, bad, bad start for the Nittany Lions. Is, is he in any trouble and let me just expand this can you see anybody legitimately being let go in a year like we've had this year yes but it would take uh yes the answer is yes 
but I don't think it's James Franklin. I don't think that okay. they're the ones that's on the hot seat. I think that if you want to look at brand name coaches to watch in terms of their relationship with their university, Texas is always a tenuous situation with Tom Herman right now because of the way they've fallen short of expectations. Uh, if Michigan were to just bury in and lose again at home to Wisconsin this weekend, the Jim Harbaugh conversation had becomes very interesting. And USC nearly lost its opener to Arizona State. I don't know why the Trojans should be trusted moving forward, but I like at the same time I love USC. It's a siren song for me. It, those wide receivers <laughs> talent is off the chart. I just come to it every single time. But Clay yeah. Helton would be another one. So like there are chances that we have some major shakeups in the coaching carousel, even amidst this pandemic. But the financials of it do make it more difficult for a university to justify spending that much money buying a coach out and going to hire another coach. So I understand if it's going to be really light and uh, to, for the Penn state part of this, James Franklin's fine. This is a, this is a bummer year, but great coaches have bummer years. It's about how you respond to them. Is it Duke and Cutcliffe having a bummer year, or do you get the sense that that we're nearing the end of the road there? No, because they, it's a good football team. Like there's, they played, yeah. they played really poorly against Boston College. Um, they were just outmatched against North Carolina outright. But like I go up and down like the to go up to Syracuse and just run the ball down Syracuse's throat. Like that's a that's a good football team performance. Hey, we think we can do this thing and execute it better than you can stop it. And we're just going to do it over and over again. You know that even uh, you know, bad football teams can't operate with that kind of consistency. So you know I think that. Charlotte was another game where it's like, we think that we can run the ball right down your throat. But we don't think you can stop it. And that's exactly what they did. So I, just, I don't think the, I understand that they are outmatched in a lot of games this season. They miss non-conference games. I'll say that. This is, it, the perception of the season is impacted by the fact that there are not non-conference games on Duke's schedule. Yeah. Well, and, and like we've seen with ECU at times, you got to take care of the yeah, football. You cannot, you cannot take, uh, you cannot turn the phone, uh, the football over. All right, Chip's got other things to do. Chip, go do what you got to do. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon. It was great to have you on. I really enjoyed any time you you take a few minutes with us. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, Patrick. Y'all be well. All right, there he goes, Chip Patterson. Chip's so good. He really is nice guy too. Uh, all right, Ben, you ready for an update? I'm ready. Let's get it. All right, come back to me after the update so I can set up the calls. Uh, for our Bojangles giveaway. So just a little, little programming over the air here. They have just to have a question. To question uh, or comment? Yeah, it'd be nice to talk to the folks. I'd like to hear a question or comment from the folks. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to get, if we're going to give you Bojangles, you might as well come on the air and say something, right? Yeah. I like that idea. Let's do it. Yeah. All right. So, um, let us get the update done and then we'll do the cue to call after the, do not call until we give you the cue to call after the update, Ben, make it a good one. Thanks, Patrick. Ben Barham here for your 94th of the game sports update. Live action currently underway from day one of the Masters. Paul Casey's the sole leader at 7-under after shooting a 65 today. North Carolina native Webb Simpson and Xander Shoffley are tied for second at 5-under. And a handful of players are tied at 4-under, including the last two Master winners and Patrick Reed and Tiger Woods. Today, Woods shot only a second under 70 opening round at Augusta National. And three-time Master champion Phil Mickelson just bogeyed the par 4 10th to drop him to 1-under. East U football head coach Mike Houston addressed the media for the final time before the Pirates' tough matchup on the road against seventh-ranked Cincinnati. When asked about the status of offensive lineman Deontay Smith, coach revealed some exciting news. We have um, 
I think Deontay, his plans right now are he's going to declare uh, for the draft. Um, and, uh, you know, we support him fully in that. And he and I have had, you know, a lot of very long talks uh, about just, you know, getting himself healthy uh, and then what he's got to do from a training, training perspective once he is healthy. NFL draft analyst Mel Kuyper Jr. has Don Deontay Smith ranked as the ninth best offensive lineman prospect in the draft. We have some college football action scheduled for tonight at 8 as the formerly ranked Boise State Broncos host the Colorado State Rams. The Broncos are favored by two touchdowns. We also have some NFL action underway scheduled for tonight at 8-15. It's a battle for first place in the AFC South as the 5-3 Indianapolis Colts battle the 6-2 Tennessee Titans. The current injury report has Jack Doyle out, while for the Titans, Adam Humphreys and Adoree Jackson are hurt. Vegas thinks this will be a close one as the Colts are favored by a point. From the MLB, the league announced their Cy Young winners and claimed and claiming the honor unanimously for the American League was the Indians' ace, Shane Bieber. Bieber was the first to claim the honor unanimously since Justin Verlander in 2011, while the Reds' Trevor Bauer claimed the crown for the National League. From the NBA, NBA Hall of Famer Tim Duncan has decided to step away from his full-time assistant job from the San Antonio Spurs. There's been no reason given on why he made the decision. If you're a 94th through the game sports update, I've been Byron Patrick. Okay, Ben, that really nice job there. Thanks for doing that. Uh, really nice work. All right, uh, let's uh, – what caller number you all want to take? Let's do seven. Let's do nine for 94-3 the game. All right, all right, nine. I over, I've overruled you. All right, caller nine, uh, you can uh, call in, make a statement about anything in the world of sports, ask me a question, whatever. I'm, I'm happy to uh, oblige. I like talking to the folks. Uh, if you're caller nine, you'll win a uh, gift card to Bojangles. 252-561-GAME, 252-561-4263. We will have our pirate report and our winner next. Old heads played well this morning at Augusta. Larry Mize, who's 62, two under. Uh, our winner is Kevin. Kevin, where are you calling from? Oh, just put him on the phone. Let me, I can talk to him. You guys can talk to him after we talk to him on the air. Let me know when he's ready. I'm ready. All right, Kevin, you there? Yep. Where are you calling from? Uh, calling from Winterville. Winterville, okay. Uh, congratulations, you're the winner of the Bojangles. Little, little, awesome. go, little Bojangles gift card there, my friend. Um, right. do, you have any, do you have any statements or questions or anything? Um, only thing I got Go Pirates, How are you feeling after watching them last weekend, Kevin? I mean, you know, there are a lot of people that have, you know, just years and years we've watched this team. And I, I didn't think they were awful. I mean, look, they've looked worse under other coaches. But I just, I, I found last week to be very uninspired and a little flat. What was your, what was your um, observation? So, obviously, I mean, there's been a lot of improvement since we um, gotten Coach yeah. Houston in, yeah. and you know, and then playing Navy, playing Tulsa. I mean, the guys look great with you know what we had. The last week, uh, just obviously, it just seems like that we were just very flat, out of sync. Um, and I, I just think that if we just get, you know, a halfway decent, you know, O line, I think that we're going to be a lot better off. You know, I think Holton, you know, he's a great quarterback, but you know, when you're having to run for your life every play, it, it makes it hard to make plays. It's hard yeah. to get the run game going. It's hard to get the pass game going. But um, I think once we get some improvements up front on offense and defense. 
Um, you know, defensively on the line, you know, just trying to close those gaps and we're having issues with that. I think once we can improve on those two things, I think we're going to start, you know, being a different team. Kevin, you want to come in and just host one day? What do you say? You want to come in and just host one day? Because that was very good analysis. I liked all that. You oh, just sure. come in. I'll take a day off. You come in and host. All right. What's your hey, go-to at Bojangles? <laughs> what's, what's your go-to at Bojangles? What do you, what do you? Um, definitely uh, chicken breast uh, dinner or um, cajun filet with cheddar. There you go. Oh, there you go. All right, Kevin, hang the line because our guys are going to get finish getting your info. But congratulations. Okay. Thank you for listening, and thanks okay. for calling in, buddy. There he goes, Kevin in Winterville. All right, Ben, let's do our pirate report. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's pirate report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. A lot of uh, things to talk about here. Uh, let's uh, start with this first one here. We got two pretty lengthy cuts, but let's jump right in on them. Uh, this is Mike Houston asked about how uh, you motivate a team that, uh, you know, right now, let's face it, it's just won one game. How do you keep them hungry? You know, they, they all came to college to, to play football. That's, that's why they're here. And, uh, you know, you play the game to win. You compete. Uh, everything around our program is built on competing. And uh, certainly, you know, we're building a culture uh, you know, we're less than two years into, but we're building a culture where you compete daily and you compete weekly on the, on the, on, on the gridiron, you know, Saturday, Friday night right here. Uh, so it, it doesn't matter who you're playing. I don't care if it's Cincinnati. I don't care if it's Alabama. I don't care if it's Gardner Webb, whoever it is, you know, when we take the field, we're going to compete. And certainly, you know, you have to go through some, some, some growing pains and some things through this, but uh, the biggest thing I was disappointed in last week was I did not think we played our best. Um, and, you know, part of that, I think, comes from our preparation. I think th- part of that comes from, you know, guys understanding this conference, uh, you know, particularly the, the, the new guys we have, that every single team in this conference is a solid football team. So, um, you know, there's, there's not a whole lot of convincing. I mean, I, I, I told them what style of play I think we got to play uh, to win the game Friday night. We've laid out our game plan for them. Uh, they put in the work this week, and now for the next 40, 48, 50-some hours, however long it is, to 7.30 Friday night, you know, we got to, you know, get our legs under us, get some rest, uh, you know, take care of our bodies, make sure we're fueled up, hydrated up, uh, because it, it, it is going to be a dang backyard brawl Friday night. I mean, it's going to be one of those which it's going to be a fight now. Uh, and you know, we're preparing, we're preparing for that kind of game. You know, last week was physical and I think Tulane was more physical than ECU. I'm anxious to see how the pirates respond because Cincinnati is going to try to push them around. Uh, the pirates have some banged up running backs. This is Mike Houston on that, uh, on Ben's favorite topic, the running back room. They both look sharp today. Um, but it's, and it, it, but it's, it's something I think that just, you know, the common person that never played college football cannot grasp. Um, and for the guys that are first-year players, I mean, they they are playing a college football season for the first time in their life. There is no comparison to high school football as far as, you know, just everything that goes along with it. I mean, and, you know, it's, it's different, you know, when you're a fourth or fifth-year player and you've had – you know, four solid years in the weight room and you have a developed body and, and you're, you're built, you know, for that long season. Now, 
both those guys are, I think, pretty exceptional for freshmen. Um, so I'm not, you know, they've rebounded very good this week. But, you know, you're going to have bumps and bruises along the way. And it's something that young players have to learn to, to fight through and play with, you know. You know, you got you got to learn to be able to push through. You got to be, you know, some weeks you may not practice as much. And you, you got to still play at a high level on Saturday. Um, but, you know, the, the, the season is going to take a toll on everybody. All right. Uh, more Mike Houston tomorrow on our uh, special edition of the PJ Show leading into Pirate Game Day Countdown, driven by Doug Henry Automotive. Joe Dooley spoke to the media today. Uh, Coach, what is the latest from Pirate Basketball? Well, obviously, we've been getting after pretty good in practice. Uh, have a couple days this week, and then we'll be off on Saturday. Uh, start preparing Sunday of, of this week for uh, Indiana State the following week and uh, start to get the guys relatively healthy. So let's, let's try to keep the train on the track. Let's uh, get a COVID update from Coach Dooley. As far as the COVID, and we've had a couple guys contact Trace. We've, uh, you know, I think the guys are like everybody else. The uncertainty probably weighs a little bit on their mind, but we've they've, they've done a good job of trying to get better and, and just practice and not really focus on things we can't control. Uh, and then uh, the challenges of. You know, having this preseason amid, uh, amongst or amidst the pandemic. It's also been a, a longer preseason because you don't, you know, you don't even have a scrimmage to look forward to, uh, which is good and bad news. I mean, the, the bad news of the whole situation is I think you could define guys' roles a little bit because they'll see in the scrimmages where they stand. Um, right now, they don't. You know, everybody's real happy now because you got ten guys on the court. They don't. You know, in about ten days, they're going to realize that there's only going to be five of them out there, and those other five guys are, you know, some of them are going to be left out, but. Um, I do think it's, you know, they, we have a little certainty now with the tentative schedule and hopefully we'll have a league schedule here, you know, wrapped up soon. And uh, that way you can put it in front of your guys and, and give them something to shoot for. All right. More on that in a moment. Uh, the injury report overall, Joe Dooley on that. Well, I, th I think from a physical standpoint, we've been pretty good. Now we've had guys out here and there like we usually do. Uh, we've had some ankles. We've had some, uh, you know, contact tracing. We've had a little bit of everything. So, uh, Jaden has been back full throttle. He was out probably up the first two and a half weeks. He's back. He's going full throttle. Uh, uh, Fifi is out. He's got the, he'll be out for another couple of weeks. Uh, but everybody else, hopefully by the latter part of this week, we'll have every, we'll have 17 of the 18 guys on the court. Yeah, there you go. And one of uh, Ben's guys, Luigi, Luigi DeBot, his, uh, his health. Let's get an update on that from coach. And we're also fortunate. You no, know, Luigi's been healthy. We, we, you know, he's been, He's a little banged up right now, but he's he's his foot is fine. He's been able to run. He's been able to do a lot of extra conditioning, and uh, he's put on some good weight also. And uh, Joe Dooley talking about how his team stacks up against the American. I do think what we talked about, we are a little bit longer. I mean, we can play some bigger lineups. I mean, you know, you could see some lineups where you could have, you know, Tristan Newton out there at the point with J.J., Miles, and, and Suggs, and, you know, Jaden and, and a big where you're really long and athletic. Uh, I do think we could play smaller times. Batumba's had a good fall, so hopefully he'll keep that up where you could maybe play Jaden or Batumba as a small five against different teams uh, and play a little bit smaller. So I do think we have some versatility that we can that we can change our lineups a little bit. Joe mentioned the schedule. Uh, he was asked, why don't we have an American Athletic Conference schedule yet? Well, the, the, the league is, is trying to finalize its its, its, its uh it's scheduled like that. You know, you have some facilities deals with, you know, they, I guess with Memphis, they weren't sure when the NBA was going to start. So that puts in flux when they can use FedEx form. Um, you know, I think there's some logistical deals 
uh, with some of the teams that they were trying to figure out. Uh, you know, the league is still trying to figure out a little bit of the, the, the testing policies and procedures. So I think uh, there's a lot of moving parts right now. So I do think that that's that's all why. And TV is also a major, you know, component of this. They want to make sure that they have matchups they want certain days. And uh, I know for a while they weren't sure when the NBA was going to start. So they were trying to get some dates and move some things around in, in conjunction with NBA schedules. And then uh, Joe Dooley on what uh, is kind of a, 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 I guess, a battle for who will be the starting point guard. I mean, I think you'll see the three of those guys that, you know, with, with Noah and, and Tremont and, and, uh, and, and Tristan at the point. I mean, I think a lot of it's, you're going to see, a, you know, different variations of that. Like, you know, hopefully we'll be able to play all three of them. Uh, I do think you'll see Tristan at the points some too. I think he enables you to score. He's got good height. And, the, and as you look at his assist turnover ratio last year was outstanding, especially for a freshman. All right. That's today's pirate report back to wrap it up next. More of the Patrick Johnson show is coming up. We want more. Like you really like it. You want more on your flagship home of pirate baseball. 94.3, the game and 94.3, the game.com. Now, this guy needs to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Link Ray, native North Carolinian, Ben. Let's stop putting rappers in the Hall of Fame and put real, legit rock and rollers in there. Look, Eddie Van Halen, God rest his soul. Any of them. I say that's the guy you put in solo. Yeah, definitely. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is anybody that picked up a guitar, none of it's happening if Link Ray isn't around. Really? He's a very inspirational figure. Yeah. All right, uh, Paul Casey, seven under. Two shots over the uh, trio of Raleigh's Webb Simpson since he was five under. Xander Schauffele, Brian Moulds, pick the click always, except this week, five under. And then Justin Thomas, they've, they've you know stopped play because of the sunset at Augusta. Through 10, five under. So they're going to have to play tomorrow and finish up the first round. Uh, we'll update you on that tomorrow. Kind of a, a little bit of a hybrid set of updates tomorrow. And we'll do things a little differently. But uh, basically, 3 o'clock tomorrow, a special edition of the Patrick Johnson slash Pirate Game Day Countdown driven by Doug Henry Automotive. Terrence Copper will be in. Great job by Chip Patterson today. Appreciate him being with us. Ben Byram, always a great job. Ben will be with us tomorrow. Philip, nice work. And Philip will be on uh, the post game tomorrow. Have a great evening. Be safe out there. And uh, we'll catch you tomorrow at 3 for the Patrick Johnson Show.